1: need to be very careful what you think about, what's lingering in your mind. Nobody can see it, only you. You know what you're thinking about, you know what's in your mind. And can I tell you that's the source of the problem, many Christians, the source of the problem. Because, you know, hear what Paul says, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, he says, bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every thought captive.
0: While many of us are probably familiar with the verse, take every thought captive, we'd all agree it's much easier said than done. Just as any spiritual discipline, getting into a steady habit of taking worldly thoughts before the throne of grace takes time. In today's message, Pastor Eddie teaches us the importance of recognizing sin in its preconceived form, desires, and thoughts. In our study, we learn that by taking our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ, we are sure to stop sin dead in its tracks. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in Romans chapter eight for today's edition of Running the Race.
1: On the account of sin, he he condemned sin in the flesh, verse 4, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. The righteous requirement of the law was fulfilled in us, in you, in me, not by us, in us, but not by us. And this righteous requirement was fulfilled. How was it fulfilled? Well, because we accept the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we are not, we're not a subject to the law, but there is a commandment that Christ gave us. He said, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And what's the next one? Love your neighbor as yourself. Out of all the laws, it could be fulfilled through you and me. How do they know about Jesus? How do they know that they need a savior? It's by the life you live. And when you live a life that shows the world that there is a God, it's been fulfilled. When you love your neighbor as you love yourself, it's been fulfilled. Can you imagine the Lord is using us to be a light in the world, to show that this law was being fulfilled? Now, we're not talking about the 613 commandments, right? We're talking about the two laws. The Pharisees, the Pharisees went up to Jesus. They tried to trap Jesus. They went to rabbinical school, and they thought that Jesus didn't know what he was talking about. So they tried to trap Jesus, Jesus, which is the greatest commandment of all, knowing in the back of their head the 613 What did Jesus say? Love God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And the second one is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. I'm pretty sure they're shocked. Are you crazy? Yes, that's one of the commandments. But there are 613. Do you know that, Jesus? Yes. And if you concentrate on these two laws, he said, on these two laws, hang the prophets and the commandments. Because if you love God, you don't have to worry about Thou shalt have no other God before me. Thou shalt not use the Lord's name in vain. Thou shalt not create any image. Because you love him, you observe the Sabbath. If you love your neighbor, it's easy for you not wanting to kill him. Thou shalt not murder. Right? (laughs) If you love your neighbor, that's why Jesus said pray for your enemies. It's important. That's why Jesus said pray for your enemies. We have enemies. Every single one of us has somebody in your mind. It just went right up here. Right? right. Somebody didn't return your lawnmower, whatever it is. And that's why he tells us, because you know why? Because hatred is a source of, of murdering. But if you love your neighbor as yourself, you love yourself. I'm not saying you have pictures all over yourself, you know? Like a friend of mine he says, hey, you want to see my family picture? It's just him. <laughs> just kidding. But you love yourself. And looking at a picture, right? If I was to take a picture, all of you guys are here, Jeez, right? Who's the first person you're going to look for when you get the picture? You. And it could be a really nice picture, right? But if you have one eyes closed and your mouth open, that 's not a good picture. Everybody did okay, everybody was focusing, you know, and you're, your eyes are closed, and you 're doing whatever it is, but it 's not a good picture you get not want to say you love yourself why? You wake up in the morning, you feed yourself, you bathe right. hope you do. But you love yourself, you care for yourself. love your neighbor as yourself. so you see if you love then this has been fulfilled. The righteous requirement of the law has been fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh because you can't do that in the flesh. You want to have your enemies, but according to the spirit. And we are only able to do that in the spirit, not in the flesh. Verse five, for those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. So it's very simple. If if you live in the flesh, you will be mindful of fleshly things, worldly things. If you live according to the spirit, you will be mindful of spiritual things. And you know that. You see the evidence of those who are really a fire for the Lord, Jesus Christ. Their mind is on everything. They have a verse for everything. They have a verse when they slip and fall. They have a Bible verse during sports, during halftime. Those are the people who are mindful of God. And it's important, you know? And so we live according to the spirit, not in the flesh. When you talk to someone that, who is not in the spirit, what are you going to get from them? You're going to get self. You're going to get money. You, that's what they're going to talk about, sexual immoralities, material things, worldly things, because their mind is set on the things of the natural. is a carnal-minded. We shouldn't be that way. We should live according to the spirit. We should have a conversation with one another when they hear it from you. It's not trying to be holy, but you know, you talk about the things of God in your conversation and how the Lord spoke to you during your time of devotion, how the Lord spoke to you when you when you read and did your Bible study, and how you look at the world, how you're not caught up with the media and politics, but you say God sits on the throne. And we need to be really careful, because there's either spiritually minded or carnal minded. Can I tell you this, Christian? You need to be very careful what you think about, what's lingering in your mind. Nobody can see it, only you. You know what you're thinking about. You know what's in your mind. And can I tell you, that's the source of the problem, many Christians. The source of the problem. Because, you know, hear what Paul says, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. He says, bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every thought captive. When you get those evil, lustful, wicked thoughts Bring it captive to the word of God. You know, don't fool God. God knows exactly what your thoughts are. There's nothing biblical that saying the enemy or demons could read your mind. They know your behavior. But God knows what's in your mind. God knows all things. And yeah, we could do all the things and praise the Lord with our lips. You know, pump gospel into our brain. Or come and actually read things. But you think that you could go ahead and continue on thinking what you're thinking and you're glorifying God with your mind, we need to be careful. Don't deceive yourself because if I had one nice long cable that connects to these monitors and pull down the screen and connect it to the back of your head and if it reveals everything you thought about and if I go back last week, last month and it shows everything that was in your mind, many of us are probably so embarrassed We want to walk out. I want you to get understand that because it's very important. Your mind belongs to the Lord. We dedicate our whole bodies to Christ. We surrender. What happens when you start thinking these things, then it comes, it's like, it goes from here, from the brain, 18 inches to the heart. Now, I'm not doing the cross sign. I'm just letting you know. 18 inches from the mind and to the heart. It goes from here to the heart. We should ponder things. There's things that even Paul tells and encourages us that we should think about. Spiritual minded, not to be carnal minded. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 he says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, of good report, if there's any virtue and if there is any praiseworthy, meditate on these things. That's why he tells us to meditate on this. That's the having the mind of Christ. You know, we think oh, it's, it's only what I do. Yeah, I could praise God, sing songs, clap my hands and worship God and go and do some you know, mission work. And, and meanwhile, the mind is corrupt. Are you carnal-minded or spiritually-minded? I just, I just want you to be careful. And this is what the work of the Holy Spirit, speaking to all of us, We're talking about a deep cleaning in our lives as Christians. So what are your thoughts every day? What's in your mind? What's always in your mind? Bring it into captivity. Use verses that that rebukes it. It goes against it. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, that's everything, even your brain, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but... Be transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable perfect will of God. Present your mind, which is part of the body of Christ, holy and acceptable to God. Be careful. Verse six, for to be carnal minded is death. This is why it brings death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Life and peace spiritually minded. People, you know, you get depressed, hey, be spiritually minded. You won't have a problem. Save you some medical bills. You don't have to go see a doctor. Spiritually minded. Be carnal minded will lead to death, but be spiritually minded will lead to life. You know how we think, how will determine our destiny, how your thought process is in your mind, how we think will determine your destiny. I'm not trying to get this, I'll I'll get to the mind thing, you know, mind over matter or stuff later. That's not what I'm talking about. Everything begins with a thought. Everything in life begins with a thought. Whatever you think about will result into an inaction. Now you thought about something, now you're going you're gonna to act it out. And from a thought becomes an action. From an action becomes a habit. From a habit, you develop a character. From a character, it becomes a destiny. Case of point, if I think about drugs, I want to try it out. From a thought, I take drugs. Guess what happens? I get hooked up. So from a thought, I take the action, then becomes the habit. Now I'm taking drugs regularly. I'm not. So if they get the recording, I'm not a drug addict. (laughs) What happens next? It develops a character. When am I? A drug addict. What's my destiny? Death. Where did it all start? Carnal-minded. That goes as well for the spiritual mind. The closer you want to get to the Lord, be spiritually minded. You start thinking the Holy Spirit is working in you, and you start thinking it's a spiritual thing. You say, "You know what? I would like to read. I wonder what God has to say about this." All oh, of a sudden, now you got a Bible study. You see that? But if you—that's only if you're spiritual, spirit mind. You know, So don't mistake in this from what I was saying. You know, it's a, a you know the spiritually minded, uh, some cultic practice that they have. You know, where it comes mind over matter, and that's the the use of willpower to overcome physical conditions and uh, positive thinking or positive confession, which sadly is a practice in the church today. In the church, Christians, positive confession, where they'll say, you can claim your healing. That's not biblical. I don't know who said you could claim your healing. That is not biblical. If you're sick, yes, the Bible said if you're sick, you know, pray about it, you go to the elders to pray for you. Jesus bore our sickness. Paul the apostle, he was sick. Lord, I asked you three times to heal me from this. You think somebody said, hey, Paul, did you claim it? No. What did the Lord say, Paul? My grace is sufficient. Because can I tell you something? You're going to die from the last thing you were sick of. (laughs) Right? 10 out of 10 people die. You know, it happens, okay? You don't die healthy. Oh, he died of a healthy heart. You know, it doesn't make sense. You're going to get sick, folks. It's okay. You know, I would serve God in my sickness. And I know my wife had. When she had when Judy had cancer, she served the Lord. And she actually blessed me and ministered to me. Because I was a worship pastor at that time. And I called the pastor and said, listen, I'm going to take some time off to be with my wife. And she, after we got the word, I hung up the phone with the pastor and she said, who was that? And I called the pastor and listen, we're not going to do worship." She said, why are you going to stop worshiping God? Because <laughs> Worship God. Lot, you know, all the sick, everybody got sick. And, you know, you got people that have this, oh, you got to think about, you know, don't think about it. And we've been through this this week, you know, with the passing of my mother-in-law. You know, we have some people, you know, they go to church. Oh, you can't believe that! And it's funny because the people that tell you to, to claim it are the ones sick. So how long have you had a sickness, and you tell me to claim it? You got to believe it, and what? That's that's how that works. It's like some magic word. I claim it. You know, name it. You claim whatever you want. It's when God wants, claim it, name it, shake it, bake it. You know, that's what. Oh, you got to get it. You got to do right. Yeah, you got it. It's not biblical. Jesus said, for without me, you can do nothing. John chapter 15, verse 5, for without me, you can do nothing. And so people take, oh, if anything you ask in faith, even that, they take that out of context. If you say, anything you ask in my name, it will be done so that the Father will be glorified. But they don't want to read. You know, they just take one verse. That sounds so nice. They don't read in context. They, They don't understand that the Bible wasn't reading chapters and verses. It was right. What Jesus says, the things that I would do before that, you would even do greater. What did Jesus do? Yeah, he healed people, but his main mission was to bring people to God, to bring salvation. But here's the thing. The ironic thing about it is that Jesus never said name it and claim it. And not only that, you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and tell me where did Jesus perform a miracle for himself. That's Amazing. Jesus performed many miracles, but there's not one miracle that Jesus performed for himself, not one. He was hungry, he was thirsty, he have a place to lay his head. He didn't say, oh, I forgot to name it and claim it. Oh, no. Me, when I get God, your will. And I always tell you, like I hear this, I heard this from Chuck Smith, and that's good. I'm going to say it all the time. If I'm sick in my de- my deathbed, you come pray for me. You bend, not pray for me to be healed. I want to be with Jesus. Okay? Because if I go with Jesus, like, Lord, I'm coming home. Poof. I see you again, I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> I'm gonna be mad. Anyway. That's not what Paul's talking about. To be carly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. Paul says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that He may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity with God. But it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So remember, we who believe in Jesus Christ have peace with God. We're not enmity with God. But the unsaved, their mind is at enmity with God. It goes against everything. They don't understand why you go to church, why you read your Bible. They don't understand that. Verse 8, so then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You got that? Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You're either pleasing God or you're pleasing your flesh. You're pleasing yourself. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, Or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You can't serve two masters. You you, you either serve your flesh or you serve God in the spirit. The unsaved, the uncarnal-minded ones, they live to please themselves and they don't even think about God, let alone pleasing the Lord. Verse 9, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. I love the if, there's four ifs, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his, hmm. You do not have the Spirit of Christ; he is not his. Now, remember, you accepted Christ, Lord, a personal Savior. What happens? Holy Spirit comes in you, right? The Spirit of Christ is in you. Good. Remember, no condemnation, so don't get scared. It's talking about those who don't believe in Christ. Now, if the if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not. His. So the evidence of belonging, belonging to Jesus Christ is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit is in you, then you belong to God. If the Holy Spirit is not in you, then you're not his. It's all about being justified, sanctified, being born again. Verse 10, and if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the sin is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised, I love this, this is powerful. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead would also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The heart of the gospel is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, from the grave, that very same Holy Spirit is in you. Now, no, I'm not trying to to, to water this down. I'm not trying to make this fit. But this is the gospel truth. The same Holy Spirit who rose Jesus from the grave is in you. Do you understand that? I think that is some heavy stuff. The problem is that we need to separate from the flesh and continue to be in the Spirit. But that is some powerful stuff that the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave is in you. I don't know what having a relationship with Christ means to you. I don't know how serious is your walk with the Lord. But let me tell you, this is real. And it's only real when we believe in it, and we apply it. It's not real if you don't believe it or you have some portion that you believe or you take some section of the scriptures This is real. I don't understand God's love. There's a lot of things that just my mind, even if we put our brains together, we will not understand. I don't understand God's love for me. I know he does. But I just don't understand it to the fullest because I am man. I don't understand that the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in me. I don't understand that God is in my heart. How can that be? But it is. And as sure as that is, as sure as you're not condemned, the Holy Spirit's in you. And that's why it's important that how we live our lives. When we walk out these doors, I don't know, you know, how serious God is in your life. But how many times the Holy Spirit, we offend the Holy Spirit and the things we do, the thoughts we have, the way we live our lives. Yeah, we're Christian here and we shake the salt here. We're salt and light in here. But when we go out there, we, we don't, we, nobody even knows we're salt. We're not even shining. Christianity is serious. If you want to make a religion, that's you. If you want to make it some kind of ritual, that's you. But it's not. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that relationship should reflect in how you live your life, how your thoughts are, and how you follow him. This is incredible. The Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem, that's the same Holy Spirit that's in me, that's in you. And that Holy Spirit's in us. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Pray for conviction. Lord, we want conviction. Lord, because I don't want to offend you anymore. I don't want to offend the Holy Spirit. That very Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the grave. I don't want to offend him anymore. I don't want to have those thoughts anymore. I don't want to do the things. I don't want to live a carnal life. I don't want to be carnal minded I want to be spiritual. I want to walk in the Spirit, have a spiritual mind, and I want to honor you with my life is he dwells in us. When you act out sin and you behave sin, you entertain sin as one who's been justified, you offend the Holy Spirit. He's there. Don't think he's not. He's there. So saints, we are being sanctified through Jesus Christ. He's done the work in our struggles. He's with us. We're not going through it alone. And this Holy Spirit is dwelling in us, and you and me, this
2: morning. Amen.
0: The book of Romans gives us a unique review of scriptural doctrine. As we continue to learn from this New Testament book, we'll also discover the gospel's powerful message throughout and discover practical life application with it as well. We pray Eddie's message on running the race has been an encouragement to you and that you're eager to learn more about the gospel message and how it applies to you. We'd like you to know that we pray for you regularly here at Running the Race, and we're so glad that you are one of our listeners. We'd also like to encourage you to find a local church where you can be part of a community that's growing together in faith. With that in mind, here's Tracy.
2: Maybe you're listening right now in Milford, Pennsylvania, and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. For more information, call us at 570-296-7367. That's 570-296-7367. Or log on to RunningTheRaceRadio.com and click on Service Times.
0: Thanks, Tracy. That website once again is RunningTheRaceRadio.com. While you're there, you can also listen to more messages by Eddie or download them to take with you on the go. That's all we have for today, but join us again for more on the Book of Romans right here on Running the Race.